you're a terrible movie, you're not on TBS for 24 hours. It could hours. be as fierce sorry, a debate sorry, sorry. as a Christmas story is not in the top five <laughs> Christmas movies. <laughs> so, <laughs> on, so on advice, upon advice of counsel. Oh my gosh. Okay. I must and, state publicly. <laughs> again, this is why we didn't record last week because it would have been in the entire episode. <laughs> Welcome to My Got A Podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I preview Georgia's college football playoff semifinal matchup with the Ohio State Buckeyes in the Peach Bowl. And we answer questions from you, our listeners. As always, remember to check out store.mygotapodcast.com to see our latest merch. And you can follow us on social media at My Got A Podcast. Finally, we'd love for you to check out our presenting sponsor, Oxia Time, at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E. Com. Now, let's join the conversation in progress. We're back. We're <laughs> yes, only only like a week off, right? Uh, I think we took one week off. We had the the 100 Sanford collab with with Lamar and, and George, which was a lot of fun. And then uh, let's see the the following week, you went on vacation, and then I. But before, even before that, um, I don't even know how much we talked about this. But like that week, that Monday, Ella had. Uh, the play or like the, it was like the winter uh theater showcase stuff so didn't really have time to record last week so week off and now we're back now we're back now it's game week it right. feels weird it feels a little bit weird but uh we're, we're quickly getting back into the swing of things for this for this upcoming peach bowl i agree it feels weird i feel like it feels very different from the build-up to the orange bowl last year and i guess that's primarily because we're not coming off of a loss <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think that's part of it. That's part of it. But then also, like when we were texting about this earlier today, that like I feel like last year in the lead up, like the Michigan fans were like crazy online and were like all over Twitter and like talking a bunch of trash. And I haven't seen as much of that with Ohio State. Not that I haven't seen some. It started to creep into my timeline like starting yesterday, but I hadn't seen anything before then. But the algorithm caught some weird stuff, I guess, last couple of days. Yeah, it's been quiet. I will say the Ohio State people. I've seen a few things here and there. I I was asking the boys if uh, if anybody had seen any like like crazy alum Ohio State alumni tweets or anything like that. Like it, what happened with Eric Ainge and, and some of these <laughs> some of these other guys that have said things so that I could bust out a nice a nice gift for the for the people to enjoy. True. Um, but I haven't seen it. I've seen it a little bit here and there. I saw uh, yesterday a uh, a tweet went out that UGA's best tight end was in the portal. <laughs> I, did, I did see that. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. Come on, guys. I don't uh, know how serious that account was, but uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> True. Good point. Interestingly, uh, I've heard more from Bama people than I have Ohio State people. <laughs> uh, yeah, that seems par for the course these days. Rent free. Rent free, John. We we live rent free in their heads. Uh, it it is nice. I I I don't know. It is like relaxing to me to not to have them be done. Uh, at least for playoff stuff. So I don't know. I find it funny. Um. Yep. All right. So I brought something today that you had told me about. Um. So for for this episode, I've got the Four Roses Small Batch Select. So I had never had it. And you mentioned it when we were talking to Lamar last week. Um, so I saw it at the ABC and picked it up. And I figured it, you know, four roses, we're down to four teams for the playoff. Uh, I considered getting some Peach Crown Royal, but it's not really my thing uh, for the Peach Bowl. So I went with this. Ooh, the Peach Bowl. Yeah, that would have been that would have been interesting. You could have done like a 
like a peach old fashioned or something, but that would take um, way too much effort. <laughs> yeah. These days, these days, I think, I feel like if you look at the progression of our, of our podcasting, we go from like talking about cocktails and things like that to, uh, just give me the bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, seriously. Uh, what do you got there? Uh, I've got a, I've got a pour from the elite, uh, the elite bottle. Um, ah, nice. I've, I've got, you know, we we're into elite season, this is where we separate the men from the boys uh, in the playoff. Yep. Um, so I've decided to bust up our elite elixir. Nice. Nice. I actually had some of mine recently as well. It's uh, it's good. And I, I just added some stuff to it. I just think I just added um, what Long Branch. I just finished up my Long Branch recently. A um, little bit of that and a little bit of Weller uh, got added to my bottle over the past week. A little bit of Weller was added to mine as well. Uh, what else did I add? I think it was I added something. Woodford is also uh, Woodford also made. I had a couple of bottles that I finished off. Nice, um, but yeah, it's um, it's quite good. It's quite good. I'm enjoying it. it. It's it's weird, you know. You start pouring better and better bourbon into it, you know, so oft every so often, and a little bit over time adds up yeah. to a fantastic glass of a right. fantastic bottle of bourbon. I, yeah, I was very baffled by the concept when you first uh, told me about it, but I've I've come to enjoy it. I definitely enjoy it. Oh man, but you guys have so you know you have a have a good Christmas and everything. We did. We had a pretty good Christmas. We went to you know like you mentioned we went out of, we went out of town. We went to Chattanooga for a little three four day getaway, three night four day getaway um, in Chattanooga for a little bit. Yeah. Um, stopped at Bucky's had a had a brisket oh, nice. sandwich nice a brisket sandwich yeah um i saw a picture uh for people that like this i guess this week or something i saw some pictures on on twitter people posting uh how crazy bucky's was uh for mm-hmm. holiday travel i did not experience it they being quite that crazy but it was definitely it's always insane the operations that they have going on at, at those places at bucky's yeah um not a sponsor yet <laughs> Yeah, well, I still got to. I still got to get to one. I still haven't been one. Oh so. man, it's a uh, it's great. The brisket sandwich is fantastic. I I feel like my my wife and I were discussing this. Um, she was remarking about how expensive my sandwich was, and when she told me how much it was, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> the prices go up. It's like a fifteen dollar <laughs> fifteen dollar brisket sandwich, and I'm like, I mean, it's really good, but I don't know that I'll get it again because fifteen right. bucks is a lot of money for a sandwich. <laughs> At a gas station. At a gas station, yeah. <laughs> uh nice well that's cool that's cool yeah we, we've been super low-key just kind of hanging out um watching christmas movies which i i do feel like you know probably a good thing we didn't record last week because all we would have done was argue about a christmas story and how good or not good <laughs> it, of a movie it is <laughs> i was about to say we, we we've we've i guess i don't know if we've if there's like a christmas armistice that we that we've had but like it's been quiet it's been quiet on the twitters lately but the the christmas movie it's like it's like that that I, I honestly it's another christmas movie but totally off the walls or off the rails but the joy noel i think is what it's called mm. joy is it joy noel uh about the 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 world war one battle between um mm. germany and france i think it was okay um where they had uh an armistice on christmas on, oh, on right, Christmas right. Day, and they got together and played soccer and all that stuff, and okay. then the next day they went back to fighting each other. <laughs> <laughs> so that's us on a Christmas story. <laughs> yeah, that's us on a Christmas story. <laughs> uh, too good, too good. 
we will we will not we, we beat that dead we beat that dead horse uh via texting each other and probably on twitter too so yeah yeah i've got uh i do have uh i think tomorrow we've got some post christmas stuff so our, our christmas isn't quite over because we've got Rip dog and my mom are getting into town tomorrow so we'll have them here for the next few days and do uh do christmas with them so and then that'll kind of wrap up our our christmas awesome the only uh the only thing that is um dog related from from our christmas is uh, I, I finally picked up one of the sweatshirts that, mm, that, that yes. kirby has and my, yes. i got one for my dad i got one for my dad too and so we have matching sweatshirts <laughs> nice my my dad and i also have matching of the version that i have so or that nice. i guess we have so yeah which i think I, I i forgot to mention that actually or maybe i did i don't remember i'll say it again at the tech game you know like my dad and i actually both wore that sweatshirt and after the game someone went up to my dad and was like i knew you're gonna wear that sweatshirt because i saw your tweet and i was like that was my tweet <laughs> <laughs> oh that's pretty funny so that's that's funny ripped so off, even always getting approached I was about to say, so even even <laughs> offline, your exactly. dad is more famous. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like it was, you know, it was my tweet. I don't know. It was hilarious. It was pretty funny. Oh man! All I right. had someone, I had someone come up to me at the liquor store and complimenting my oh, yeah. podcast hat. That was pretty fun. That is cool. Uh, I didn't have cool. time. Sorry if that was you, dear listener. Um, I was completely uh, befuddled on, on what I was going to be selecting, and I was in such a hurry to get home because I was very much delayed. So you weren't like, you can get one at store.mygotapodcast.com. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't pull that card out or be like, oh, uh, so are you a listener? Like, uh, right. They might, right. they might've just thought that it was uh, just some random Yahoo that had a, my God podcast hat on, but generally, know, yeah, <laughs> right. Generally when people come up to me about the hat, it's just, they see the Munson. It's like, Oh, well, Hey, where'd you get that Munson hat? So yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. generally how the, the conversation starts with for me. So too funny. Good stuff. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's jump in. We got, we got a game in hand We're we're down to the final four, uh, to the CFP. Um, and we are in it yet again. Um, so let's talk about the matchup. So we've got kickoff is Saturday night, December 31st, 8 PM on new year's Eve, uh, at Mercedes Benz stadium in Atlanta. Uh, 20, uh, for records on the season, Georgia obviously coming in at 13-0, 8-0 in the SEC. Ohio State is 11-1. They were 8-1 in the Big Ten. Uh, they are the only team in the playoff that did not participate in their conference championship game. Um, All-time, this is a very historic matchup, John. All-time, Georgia leads this series 1-0. and Um so the only other uh, matchup between these teams coming in that 1993 Citrus Bowl, so from the 92 season uh, back then. So that was like Eric Zier, Gears and Hurst, Andre Hastings, uh, that team. Um, rankings. That's cool. Yeah. Rankings wise, uh, dogs, obviously, number one across the board. Ohio State is number four, obviously, in the college football playoff. Um, also number four in the... AP, I think. And then there are like three in the coaches bowl. Um, for TV, uh, it's on ESPN. We've got like the big, the, you know, the number one crew uh of Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet, and then we've got two analysts uh in Holly Rowe, or sorry, two sideline reporters, Holly Rowe and Laura Rutledge. So I think you know, each team will have their own sideline reporter for this game. Um, 
also ESPN is doing like the huge mega cast. So this game is going to be on like many, many channels. So like, if you're not into watching, if you don't want to watch Fowler um, and her street, you can watch like those, like the mega cast. Uh, there's like the all 22, like the high up camera. I think you can just watch um, uh, like that. What's the, the sky cam that kind of hangs over the field. You can watch that version. Um, and they are going to have that hometown version uh, where you can listen to Scott Howard and watch the game. I don't know what channel that's on, but just, you know, check your listings. If you just look in your guide, uh, it'll be on there multiple times. So you can kind of choose your own adventure there. Um, right. And then the official hashtag is hashtag CFA Peach Bowl. Uh, so got a specific for the game. Um, the weather is a low of 51, high of 63 with rain in the forecast. So just be aware of that. If you're going to the game, you're going to be out and about tailgating. Um, doesn't look like the best weather, but at least the, uh, like the sub zero, <laughs> whatever, uh, crazy windshield, crazy cold weather will be gone, uh, by this weekend. Cause that's the thing we didn't talk about, John. It has been crazy. The weather's been a little, been a little crazy, pretty cold everywhere across the Southeast or I guess everywhere. So at least that'll be gone. Oh, oh yeah, dude. It's been, it's been brutal, man. Like I think I sent you, I sent you the videos of what's all been going on around town. It sounds like Hunter experienced some of this. Mm. Maybe some of you listeners yeah. have experienced it, but it's gotten so cold that people's pipes are bursting and stuff. And that's just not normal for, for the South. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, we were dealing with that with my wife's photography studio. Um, I guess it, it happened in their complex and the fire department turned off all the water for the entire, entire area. And so like we were, we were trying to figure that out today, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, man, it's been cold. It's been it's been so so cold. I went to the workout with the the guys yesterday, mm. yesterday morning. And it was sixteen degrees outside. So did you do the workout outside, like you yeah. always do? Oh man, yeah, no, thank you. If you go, <laughs> if you go, it's rain or shine. And I will I will say that uh, by the end of the workout, I, I, I funny enough, I since I wasn't uh, in town. Uh, when they did the the workouts last week for like mm -hmm. the the run up to Christmas or whatever, mm. um, we usually do like a workout on Friday, on Friday where we like wear like our Christmas garb or whatever. Gotcha. And I've lately the last year or so I've worn my diehard sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, now I have a machine gun ho 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 sweatshirt. <laughs> um, so I wore it. I wore it for the workout yesterday, and by the end of the workout, I had like ice all over. And some of the guys throughout the week, like, had posted their pictures after they were done sweating or whatever, and ice had like formed on their beards and wherever wherever sweat had formed. Right, which is crazy. It's just crazy to me. But um, yeah, that's how that's how a lot of, a lot of the F three guys do it, especially with the ones that are out in like the Midwest where it's like freezing cold constantly in the winter but yeah they do it outside every rain rain or shine dude i have to wait for temperatures to get warm enough for me to do a workout in like our room that we have set up at our house is like not it's not insulated um or it's not it's insulated but it's not temperature controlled i guess i'd say um so i'm like waiting until the afternoon because i don't even want to do that like inside <laughs> so yeah i'm not i'm not cut out for that i'm not as uh, dedicated as you i suppose you say that and i was definitely that type of person at the beginning i was like man i'm never gonna do this yeah but i i had i had a long sleeve shirt a sweatshirt on i had my ears are what gets me my ears and my hands so as long as i have gloves and i have something that is keeping my ears somewhat warm i can pretty much power through just about anything and then right. like as people like you you pick things up from from other other guys like there's some windproof pants that i picked up that were insulated and like 
once you start working out with your the right gear mm. at that point it just becomes a mental thing like if you can get over like the first like step out of the car or the, out of the warm car into the cold and just start moving eventually you you warm you just naturally warm up from running and doing the workout um that you just kind of stay warm i mean right right but it, it's when you stop it actually it actually is like a motivation because like it's like if i stop i'm going to be freezing cold from all the sweat <laughs> right yeah no, i hear you i hear you that makes sense. uh all right let's see um as far as fun facts i had a couple things um oh, other I, got, major. I got many things <laughs> okay so i'll let mine i, I was just going to say like you know ohio state led by head coach ryan day this is fourth season um leading ohio state um as far as the Peach Bowl goes, uh, Georgia is four and two all time uh, in the Peach Bowl. Um, so beat uh, Maryland in '73, uh, lost to Syracuse in '89, lost to Virginia in '95. Um, let's see, beat Virginia Tech, or sorry, beat Virginia in '98, and then beat Virginia Tech in 2006, and then beat Cincinnati uh, 2021 or part of the 2020 uh, season. So that's kind of Georgia's all time. Uh, peach bowl history so what do you what did you have um for, for as far as like the fun facts go yes so here's the thing so like everybody hypes up this this rivalry that they have with uh well first of all i guess i'll start with like where where they found it so this is yet again another school that was founded as an agricultural university which seems to be a running theme amongst yes, the the schools that we've been playing lately is that they were previously ag schools yep so i guess Welcome to the fray, um, Ohio State Ag. <laughs> I, I've got Ohio, Ohio Agricultural and Mechanical College is what it was originally. Yes. yes. Ag, Ohio Ag Mech. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so uh, the, the other, another thing that's interesting, so this is another another case of a school that would not exist without the efforts of a rival. Um, so it was founded... Um, it was founded in part by Ohio University, which I know is like a rival, or kind of like a rival of theirs, at least from a from a scholastic standpoint. I don't know how much of a rival it is from an athletic standpoint, like a Georgia Georgia Tech situation. But like, they wouldn't exist without the efforts of another school that's been around a lot longer than they have. Right. Interesting. Um, yes. I uh, so the Buckeyes, um, the the actual school mascot. Um, has not been around quite that long. I think that they they actually didn't have a mascot until like the 60s or something like that. Okay. Um the official mascot, yeah, it was like 1963, I believe it was. But yeah, like they they haven't really had a uh an official mascot. Um they haven't really had an official mascot in, in, since the since the 60s. I guess that they they I guess they originally it was supposed to be a deer. Like <laughs> okay. The, like it was supposed to be a deer. Like that was like a leading, a leading candidate or whatever. But they were afraid of how skittish the deer would be because they wanted a live mm. mascot. Got it. And I guess they had a, a dog, a German, a German shepherd, like police car, police dog, um, made an appearance at one of the basketball games back in the day. And it was just they they didn't have they didn't have a mascot back then until like the sixties. Gotcha. So that's how I guess it was. Uh, like 1965 is when he became the the, the Brutus Buckeye became the official the official mascot of the of the school. Gotcha, interesting. And I guess that they 
they chose the Buckeye because of uh, the prominence of the Buckeye tree around Ohio. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, which I have, uh, I asked one of my Michigan friends, um, what was something that we could say to the Ohio state folks that would get them really riled up. And, <laughs> and he gave me a few things uh, okay. about the, about the Buckeyes as well. Um, basically he says that Buckeyes are, if you tell them that the Buckeyes are balls of shit on a string, then that really gets on their nerves. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Carter. <laughs> Sorry, Carter. Yeah. Basically anything about Michigan will get them off, off the rails uh, about this. Um, yeah. They, they, they don't like losing a bet to say the word Michigan. Mm. Um, so I guess that, uh, that's, that's another, another something. Um, he also said that Justin Fields is a Georgia guy and not an Ohio State State guy. I've seen a lot of that on Twitter lately. It's kind of weird. Yeah. So basically if you tell them that he's a Georgia guy and not an Ohio State guy, because he plays well in the NFL. Yeah. Well, it's weird because I've seen like, there's that one, I don't even know who it is. There's this one guy on Twitter and he says claims to be affiliated with ESPN somehow but like he it was it's like saying like Justin Fields is Ohio State which I agree but then he's like and we also claim Joe Burrow I was like what like I don't know like you can't have it both ways at any rate at any rate yeah you can't you can't claim claim Joe Burrow the other thing about the speaking of Michigan and Ohio State um you know the game has like this like storied lore amongst college rivalries mm. do you know that it's not even like the most played rivalry like for either school you mean like for for it's not even like the most played rivalry like in in uh, college yeah. football like right it was yeah. ranked it was ranked number one in like espn's like best rivalries or whatever like mm-hmm. they've played 118 times and okay. we uga has played auburn more times than that like right like yeah. i think 124 126 years we've we've played this rivalry um it's 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 just funny to me that there's such a hype for that Michigan Ohio State rivalry. I guess because it's like you know they're usually pretty good, and it usually has like national like national prominence in terms of like who goes to the Big Ten championship, right? Um, but yeah, the Auburn UGA rivalry is much more storied than than the game. The yeah. Deep South's oldest rivalry is greater than the game. Nice. Um, I like it. But but yeah, man. Um. These guys are these guys are a little weird, man. Um, <laughs> have you have you heard the phrase? Have you heard the phrase? They put their pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. I have heard it. Yeah. So I don't know if this is like the original origin, but like apparently, like the reason uh, this was something that happened in like the 1930s or something like that, where mm-hmm. like I guess there was a question that was raised to a coach that was like by the media about like what they were going to do. Um, about you know how 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 are they how are they going to fare against the the team from Ann Arbor you know Michigan mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. yeah and he goes they put their pants on one leg at a time just like everybody else this is a, a guy named Schmidt Francis Schmidt was the first time first time coach for for Ohio State and I guess that they the next four games like including that year they beat Michigan by a shutout all four years like the next four years in a row. And I guess that they decided to come up with this, like kind of like how every UGA player, every winner of the Georgia, Georgia tech game gets a replica of the governor's trophy. Mm -hmm. I guess the winner of these game of this game gets uh, for Ohio state. I don't know if this is like a Michigan thing, but like the Ohio state, if you win this game against Michigan, you get a a gold 
a gold pant like it kind of looks like a charm like a hmm. like a uh, you know like the charm bracelets that your grandma would wear or whatever yeah um yeah so there's it's like a gold gold pants charm that you win for for winning <laughs> that game which i find interesting that that that's how it was um let's see some other some other fun facts um there's a the song the song that they sing kind of like the alma mater or whatever that, mm-hmm. the, that most schools do at the end of the games um their their chosen song would be like the equivalent of if uga chose Corey smith's every dog has its day before we won before he made the edit of the national championship like basically okay. michigan shut michigan beat the crap out of ohio state one year back in the, basically uh yeah 1922 um in the 1920s uh michigan beat the beat the piss out of um oh sorry so yeah uh no 1902 um is when it was written and michigan i guess beat the piss out of ohio state and everybody was super sad about it and i guess this freshman at ohio state decided to like write a song about it and it's basically like we got our butts kicked and we wrote a song about it and now it's our na- our national anthem <laughs> that's funny interesting interesting so so that uh what's what's it called uh where where is it at uh it's called oh it's called carmen ohio which by the way that leads me to the other fun fact um this school is so pompous that they're the only university in the entire country that has the word the as part of the official name of the school yeah and in that vein their chosen alma mater song is called carmen ohio which carmen is like a a a word that's used to talk about like the song or a poem or or whatever and basically they couldn't even have an alma mater that had a normal name (laughs) right right yeah so it's basically oh it's basically the song of ohio (laughs) okay okay got it yeah the whole the thing is uh is certainly something and i know they they all do that just like whatever okay um okay cool nice 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 with the fun facts um Let's see. Let's I'll, I'll I'll quickly spin through the news and notes. Um, so one thing that also happened since we last talked was National Signing Day or the early signing day. Um, so we're not going to dump you know dive into that uh, really in any length here. We're just going to say you know definitely another reason to subscribe to Dog Central. Um, you can go over there and check it out. Uh, Jason uh, had uh, re- some really good coverage you know between Jason and Dustin and Graham um, going through all that everything breaking down the class. I think the interesting thing to me was the transfers actually. Um, you know, getting the two SEC, you know, in in conference wide receiver transfers uh, was interesting. Um, so definitely, um, I don't know. I'm excited about that kind of heading forward um, for the Peach Bowl itself. Um, so Kirby's press conference, he got asked about uh, the status of Lad McConkey and Warren McClendon, and his response was is excited to get those guys hopefully back. So I don't know. It was a little different than what he usually says. Uh, he didn't say hopeful to get him back exactly, but I don't know. That's just something to, to watch. Um, from what I have heard, um, it sounds like people are a bit more optimistic on lad, uh, than they are on McClendon. Um, but you know, definitely something to, to watch out for on Saturday with those guys. Um, 
There was also some commentary around like 12 personnel and like, um, and then he said, and excited about 13. And I know Josh got really excited about like that. Kirby was talking about 13 personnel in the press conference. Although I did see someone in the dog central forum say that they actually think when Kirby said, I'm excited about 13, he was just talking about Stetson who wears the number 13. So I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I, I think you, I think he was talking about 13 personnel. <laughs> okay. 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 Fair enough. Um, and then the funny thing was the must champ. In, in his availability, he got, he was talking, he was getting asked about that 93 citrus bowl against Ohio state. And he, and he talked about, he said, we had a luncheon and Herb street and got up and threw a pass across the room. I knew then we had a shot to win. And he said, make sure he knows I said that. So that's pretty good. So must champ taking a dig at Herb street. So I have a question about that. Like, is it weird that like, this is the first that we're really like hearing a sound bite from must champ? Well, that's the, that's the whole like Kirby's thing, right? Like he doesn't let the coordinators talk during the season. And then you get into the, you get into the postseason, and it's like the, the bowl games and all like have their own like rules and the playoff has their own rules of like, these are the people we're going to get to talk to. And so Kirby doesn't have a choice. He can't say like, no, you can't talk uh, to the coordinators. They, they make them have be available. So that's why that happens. So you basically, you basically hear them preseason and then like the bowl game. Okay. Cause I remember thinking that I was like, what, wait, what the hell? Why, why, why is Muschamp upstaging Kirby? Kirby. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine Kirby's going to have some words with him about that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, it's totally a, a Kirby thing. So, um, did, so did you, did you get any sound did, bites at all or? So he, I didn't hear anything like to that level come out, but he did, he did speak to it. They both, they both spoke. They both had a turn. He probably there. towed. He probably towed the Kirby line. Muschamp's probably go. <laughs> Muschamp's probably going to plead ignorance when Kirby confronts him. About right. Like, like, yeah, I didn't see it. anything like go viral it, from you. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, did Munkin? Did Munkin have anything eventful to to say? Not that all... I saw. I didn't. I didn't like go back and watch Munkin's whole thing or anything. But I didn't see anything. I haven't yeah. seen anything to date. Yeah, I'll have to go watch it. So yeah, times. Those are the only things that jumped out. Um. I will say on the Ohio State side in their availability. Um, so they're dealing with like some uh, running back injury type stuff going on. So like Mion Williams, um, he's their leading rusher and he didn't show up for his media availability, um, but they said he was under the weather. Um, their offensive coordinator, Kevin Wilson, said that he had a good day of practice Monday. Um, so we'll see. Um, cause he was kind of had like a, he didn't play, I think the week before, um, the Michigan game and he did play against Michigan, but only had eight carries. Um, the guy that showed up in Williams absence for the interviews was this guy, uh, trip or sorry, chip Trayanum. And so he's like a transfer. So he's from Akron, Ohio natively. He went to Arizona state at high school and he played running back at Arizona state, but he transferred to Ohio state to play linebacker. And he's been playing linebacker like all season. Uh, but like, you know, they've been having some kind of mounting injuries at running back. And so he asked to switch to play running back uh, before the I Iowa game. And he did, and he had like one carry against Iowa, but he was actually their leading rusher um, against Michigan. So thought that was interesting. Um, so something to watch for there uh, with Williams kind of coming back off injury. Um, you know, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. So that, th that he's the guy that they sent out there to talk to the media. Interesting. Yeah. Probably, so probably sent them out there with some prepared statements. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it was funny. Cause like the whole interview ended up just being about like his switch from linebacker. So they ended up getting a lot of questions about that. So yeah, so that was well, it. I'll, I'll tell you what though. Um, yeah. Well, we'll get, or I guess we'll get into that in, in the, uh, in the, in the predictions or whatever. Okay. Okay. 
All right, let's uh, let's get into the game. So I guess kind of as we usually do, we'll just start with uh, what we're looking for when Georgia has the ball. Um, so as you're looking at that, I'll call out kind of like the leaders on the Ohio State defense. Um, so Tommy Eichenberg is a linebacker. He's their leading tackler, uh, third in the Big Ten in tackles. Um, they've got Michael Hall Jr. is a defensive tackle, and Jack Sawyer is a defensive end. They lead the team in sacks with four and a half sacks. And Tanner McAllister is a safety, leads the team with three interceptions. Um, you know, like where I do, I've been tracking John, like kind of like our uh, opponents, like how they're doing against the power five. Um, so Ohio State's defense is allowing 19.8 uh, points per game against the power five. And then, but Georgia's offense, our op- offensive impact um, against power five teams, we are scoring 11. Three seven points per game more uh, than our opponents allow against the Power Five. Um, so those are just kind of some some numbers to go off of. Uh, I'll say too, like I I know you watched like the whole Ohio State Michigan game, right? Like I I, I, I did. Okay, so I haven't watched the whole thing, but I just I've I've just watched like some highlights. And the one thing that I noticed is that Ohio State's pass defense. Uh, wasn't very good. Was was gar was garbage? <laughs> yes. Yes. Actually, garbage is the word I had written down in my notes and I didn't use it for some reason. <laughs> I, really I would I would go so far as to say that it is hot garbage. Yeah, they look bad. I, I saw like I saw Michigan beat them in the passing game like every way possible. Like they were hitting them the deep ball, they were doing like short passes to the perimeter, and the receiver you know scapered off. Um, they had guys just like getting, you know, biting on fakes on play action. Uh, not sticking with the guy on like a, you know, an out to in move from receivers kind of, I saw like the full kind of gambit there. So, yeah. Um, basically what you saw, if you were to go back and watch dear listener, um, the Michigan Ohio state game, which is by and large, Ohio state's like toughest game this entire season, minus like any struggle bus, you know, road or home, you know, any, any of their struggle bus victories, like people, right. people like to point at the Missouri game for UGA, right? Like that's right. like, that was our struggle bus victory. Right. Um, the fact is, is like UGA has been favored by more than 20 points. Uh, nine times this season, we've been mm-hmm. favored by more than 20 points. Um, we've only had a spread that was less than 10 points once this season. Um, and it was against Tennessee and we know how that turned out. Right. Um, if you are unable to defend this team in the passing game, you are going to get absolutely torched. And we've shown that left and right. Yeah. The flip side of that is that if you are able to stop our passing game, we can still come at you with a full allotment of running backs and running plays that are going to give you even more cause for concern. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned this on a recent episode that I thought, and I think I tweeted this out on someone. Someone on Twitter had asked, like, "Who do you think?" Uh, I think it was one of, one of the one of the media boys was like, "Who's the who's a who's a guy that you know is not being talked about right now, but should be um, in the I think in the it was Lamar." Or you were going back and forth with Lamar about this on Twitter. I don't know if he had originally uh, asked it, but I remember that. No, he responded. Uh, okay, I okay, think it was okay. like I want to say it was like Barrett Salee. It was like someone like that, or like Josh Pate, or something like that. Okay. But like they pose the question, like who's this? Who's a breakout star for this, the college football playoffs that no one's talking about right now? And my response was Kendall Milton. And yeah. like I think I had mentioned that recently that you know Kendall was going to be a key a key piece 
to our team, you know, him getting healthy was going to be key to us down the line because, you know, we started to see some, some cracks with, uh, with Kenny McIntosh and Dejan Edwards. And mm-hmm. like, it started to become pretty clear that we needed to have another healthy back as a change of pace, as a change of option for if those two are not working or if something's not working, we have something up our sleeve that we could throw out there as a, as a difference maker in a punishing Kendall Milton who runs north and south with ferocity seems to be a a, rev- a revelation as of late. And so that was my answer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I feel like he's the one that no one's really going to, no, no one's really talking about that. Well, you know, I, I don't necessarily think he's going to be like the, you know, the peach bowl MVP or anything like that, but like, sure. it's certainly not without, certainly not outside of bounds to, to suggest that. But at the same time, like he could be a force that comes in, you know, either as a starter or, you know, in the fourth quarter, you know, taking mm-hmm. the game over as we go down the Kirby death march mode mm-hmm. kind of thing um, that kind of helps, helps ice everything away. But yeah. Yeah. Kendall Milton to me was, uh, was one of those guys to look out for um, in the, in the lead up to this game. But yeah, I like that. And then I, I, I was also like, I've been looking back, like I was earlier was kind of comparing like, I guess the vibe against, you know, to last year's orange bowl. Um, but like, also, if you look at how our offense came out in that game, so in the first half against Michigan in the Orange Bowl last year, we went touchdown, touchdown, field goal, field goal, touchdown, end of half. Uh, so, you know, we, we we never punted in the first half against Michigan. So I would love to see us come out uh, fast, firing on, on all cylinders. And and you remember, like, Munkin had some stuff up in his sleeve, up in his sleeve last year, right? Like, we had that one play where – Bowers was like lined up at le- as a, le- as a tackle eligible as far as formation for the first touchdown. We saw that we saw the Kenny McIntosh uh, pass to AD Mitchell. Um, right. So, you know, what are we, what are we going to see? Are we, you know, um, I feel like with this long layoff and all this time to prepare, uh, I think Munkin hopefully has a nice, good script to get this game started. And I wouldn't be, I'm not going to be surprised if he pulls some more tricks out of the bag, just like he did last year. Right. Um, what we need is our, our, our leading our leading pass passer in that game was ad mitchell right like we need ad we need ad to come out and and bust right. out bust out some pass plays right. on the trigger right uh um, yeah have you uh, have you seen the stetson uh interview with schleybaugh the video no i don't so i don't there, think i have schleybaugh mark schleybaugh for espn had a really good article about kind of like kirby building out uh know, building this machine that is now georgia um but with that article there was a a filmed a video interview with Stetson. It's very good. Um, I have to tweet it out, I suppose. Uh, but it was really cool. Just, you know, um, Schleybaugh did start asking Stetson a bit about the whole, like people doubting and, and everything. And he, he did say, he was like, you know, like kind of, it is what it is. Um, you know, he, uh, he's like, you know, I was, it was like, I couldn't do this or that. And then now like I'm a high, I mean, it was a husband finalist. And then now it's like, well, he shouldn't be, he's like, <laughs> He's like, you know, like, what what do I have to do? So like, whatever. Uh, it was a good interview, though. So I, I think I think Stetson's kind of locked and loaded, dialed in, ready to go. So Stetson was talking about how he what does he have to do to be a finalist? Well, it was more just like, you know, even when he does enough to be a finalist, then the question's like, why is he a finalist? <laughs> <laughs> so he's just kind of like, whatever. Uh, I, yeah. thought pretty, I thought it was pretty funny. So so I will definitely say that that's definitely going to be a factor in this game. I feel like you yeah. heard it. You heard it a little bit at the at the Heisman at the Heisman Trophy um, 
uh, presentation or whatever, mm-hmm. where they announced the winner. Um, you know, you you heard uh, who was it? Uh, it was Caleb. Wasn't it Caleb Williams, the eventual winner? Um, yeah. That came. Yeah. They came up to Seth Stetson and said, "Go win it" or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yep. I have a feeling that that's going to that that one comment will help you know kind of spark the the motivation I feel like that he needs um yeah to get a guy that won this award um to tell him to go out and win it um I think is going to help speak volumes not to mention the fact that he's indoors That's right. <laughs> Stetson indoors <laughs> is is going to is is typically historically been a problem not that Stetson outdoors isn't but yeah um you got you got that plus the the chip on his shoulder that you know I feel like that he's just grown so much more as a as a human being and as a football player that he's just going to be ready to to prove the haters wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, I agree, hundred percent. Um, are you got anything else on the offense? Do you want to move on to the defense? Uh, offense. Uh, I am going to be curious to see how much we use and leverage Mr. Bowers. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that that's going to be a, a key component as well. Um, like you said, the the way that this the, the way that this game on paper, and I say that on paper, um, stacks up is on paper. Ohio State is really good at stopping the run, mm-hmm. and they're not so good at the pass game. Mm-hmm. Um, so on paper, this seems like it's going to be a day where Setson can can win the day. Um, you know, all the all the usual caveats of like you know. I guess with McClendon being out, like potentially, um, how's the offensive line going to cope with that change? I'm less worried with that considering we got Mims though, but yeah, continue. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, basically if the offensive line plays as, as good as they have all season, Mm -hmm. you know, I like our chances to be able to throw the ball on these guys pretty considerably. So in many ways, this can be a, you know, suck it Heisman voters this <laughs> this is why I, I should have been there kind of it could be a, it yeah. could literally be the Heisman moment after the Heisman was awarded right yeah no I agree um if it's not for whatever reason like let's say you know lad can't go or he's not back up to 100 percent so mm-hmm. that means we've got to drop to some of our our other players you know which frankly is not a huge drop off but like lad Brock Kenny um, these these have been key components of of the passing game all season long, right? Right. So you know, even Darnell to a certain extent as well as kind of included in that. So if you factor that they're all going to be playing up to par, he should have a big day. But if for whatever reason not, like then we have to rely on the running game, right? And so right that could potentially open up holes in the defense if they have to if they're trying to dial in to stop the run. It's. I feel like it's going to be lights out. I. I still feel like that the way to beat this team is to drop back into coverage and try to let Stetson beat you. And I don't think that this Ohio State team is built for that. Mm. Um, yeah. Because if you try to if you try to throw men in the box to try to stop this team, Kirby's just going to throw Darnell Washington out there, and he'll throw Darnell Washington out there. He'll have the Kenny Kenny blocking, uh, Kendall blocking, whoever. Mm. Um, and we're just going to pick you apart. Um, if yeah. you're trying to dial in or stop the rush, they'll pivot and and just start dropping bombs on you over the top. Arian Smith's a player we haven't really talked about too much lately either. Yeah. Um, but you know he's had time to recover even more. Um, is this going to be a breakout game for him? Yeah. I mean, um, and AD, right? I mean, 
Yeah, uh, I'm. I I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I am not a pessimist in this regard, but I'm going to be a realist. Like, do, to what level do you think AD is going to be able to be a factor? Like, be honest. Yeah, I mean, I I I would say no more than what we did with Pickens in the playoff last year. Right. So, which was uh, a big play in some situational moments, not like the impact of the game, but could make a big play to impact the game, just not on volume, you know? Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I yeah. think I think it could be. I think he could be involved. I just don't know that it's going to be the the game breaker, like a you know. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, well, and before far- and before we move on to the defense, I just have to add: never doubt Kiaris. Who knows with with these guys out. I, I could see him that. doing some of that stuff on the perimeter. Like I was talking about earlier, but I saw Michigan do it against them. I, I could see Kiaris do something like that. So yeah, Kiaris, Kiaris needs, need, he's, he's got motivation too, because he's going to be, this is his last year, right? He doesn't have another COVID year. Does he? <laughs> I actually looked this up. This actually, that's funny. You brought that up. Uh, he technically, he could come back technically. Okay. I don't know that he will, but like, because he, um, he actually only played four games when he was a true freshman. So that was a red shirt year. So technically he's a true red shirt senior and could come back next year if he wanted to. I don't know that he will. I know he walked on senior day. So doesn't mean anything, Jim. I know it doesn't. It does not. It does not mean anything. So. We did. St- we did take a lot of transfers, which I guess we didn't talk about the the signing just, day or whatever. Well, we just mentioned in, to go look at two dope. Yeah. Go, go, go check out. That's that's uh, well documented at Dog Central. That's true. <laughs> you don't come to you don't come to my got a podcast for recruiting analysis. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, uh, but we did we did we did get some we did get some transfers that could potentially impact his decision making process. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but yes, yeah, Kiaris, never doubt Kiaris. He is due. He's due for a big game. I feel like. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say I would say that the 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 way that this team goes is is actually through the offense. If we do not turn mm-hmm. the ball over. If we are net neutral or positive in turnover yeah. margin, we are going to win this game running away. Like period, yeah. end of story. It's literally been the the analysis for every game this season. Um, so you we think even this up, game? You think even this game is a protect the ball win the game? I mean, yeah, 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 hundred yeah. hundred percent. Like yeah. this game is going to come down to who has who has the most positive possessions that they have in their you know in their arsenal. Right. What I mean by that is like, how many possessions do you have where you score points? How many possessions do you have where you don't turn the ball over? Yep. Because um, we could punt the ball a bunch of times and still like win this game ha- handedly. Right. Um, as long as we don't turn it over on offense, I feel like our defense is far going to outmatch Ohio State's. Well, let's let's talk about that defense. Let's talk about what we're looking for when Ohio State uh, has the ball. So obviously, you know, led by. Another Heisman Trophy finalist who did not win it uh, in C.J. Stroud. Uh, so he is two two hundred thirty five to three fifty five uh, for six. That's a sixty six point two percentage completion percentage. Uh, three thousand three hundred thirty yards, thirty seven touchdowns, and six interceptions. Um, we talked about the running back situation earlier. Uh, so Mion Williams is the leading rusher, one hundred twenty five carries for eight hundred seventeen yards, thirteen touchdowns. Throughout the season, they were rotating three running backs, but one of them in Travion Henderson is out uh, with foot surgery. He's done for the year. Uh, Dallin Hayden is the third leading back. But again, like we talked about earlier, watch out for that trip. uh, Sorry, I keep saying trip. Chip uh, Tranum there kind of as the other backer. He may even start. I don't know. We'll see. Um, 
they have two 1,000 yard receivers uh, in Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, which makes me feel old. Uh, he had 72 catches for 1,157 yards and 12 touchdowns. And then Emeka Ibuka had 66 catches, 1,039 yards in nine touchdowns. Um, against the Power Five, the Ohio State offense is averaging 41.2 points per game. Uh, but again, like we talked about with that scoring impact, Georgia is holding Power Five teams. 14.14 points below their average against power five teams. So what I wanted to ask you here, John, um, something that you've been saying all year, uh, as we talked about, like who was on Georgia's schedule and who could be on Georgia's schedule. You kept saying like Ohio state was the only potential matchup that concerned you. Um, now I guess like, are you still concerned? And if not, like what, what changed that? Like, is it, is it, now that you've watched them more and I know you watched the, the entire Michigan game. Well, so the, the, the rationale on that was based on all of the advanced stats in terms of the net yards per play, um, mm-hmm. the, the efficiency numbers that Josh puts out there. You know, we, we talk about that on, on the thread and we talk about that at dog central. Um, so on paper, they are a they were i haven't looked at the updated numbers because frankly it doesn't matter at this point but like as the season was progressing before the michigan game i feel like and maybe even after but like as the season was progressing ohio state had the highest net yards per play in the country Mm. and i'm not even gonna like do it justice by spouting off what the what they were but like basically if you go back in time and you look at the national championship winners they were like, I think uh, uh, the Senator Blutarski like had this breakdown like a few years ago about this, um, where like to be a truly elite team, you had to have a net yards per play average of like 2.3 something or higher to be an elite team. Mm-hmm. That I, don't quote me on that, but like I think that that was the number. It was it was something along those lines. That every single like national champion in the cfp era or the bcs era or whatever had like this net yards per play metric that was like the target mm-hmm. and then you had to finish in the top 10 or top five offense top 10 in defense top five in, in offense like there were like other ancillary metrics that were also included in this and ohio state ticked the box on basically every single one of them right what doesn't worry me about this is the the struggles that they're having with health right now. Um, mm-hmm. Like you you mentioned it on this on this episode that you know they're having issues with the running back position, um, having issues with the I think they're one of their wide receivers is is now hurt as well if I remember been, correctly. He, he, yeah, as like in Jigba, but he basically hasn't played all year. I think he was like you could maybe say he was their best receiver, but he's basically been like kind of like Ad Mitchell. But if Ad Mitchell said I'm shutting it down. It was one of those kind of situations. Okay. Okay. So, you know, they have this prolific passing game, but as the seasons progressed, as I've seen the numbers pan out the way that they are, and I did watch the Michigan game because Michigan by and large, like would be like the, you know, quote unquote UGA to their Tennessee Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Right. Um, Right. And Michigan beat the piss out of them at home in one of the largest stadiums in the country that is largely, like it would be like if Tennessee came into Athens this year and just beat the pants off of us for three quarters. Mm-hmm. The only way that that game was even remotely close was because of like just shenanigans that happened at the end of the game. Yeah. Cause like by and large, that game was over at halftime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan beat the absolute piss out of them. 
and yeah. it was shocking it was quite shocking um just how handedly they were able to handle um ohio state and from what i saw was that they were able to get pressure on cj stroud and i think that our defensive line is going to be able to get to cj stroud much better like if he was a more mobile quarterback quarterback i would think that we might have a problem but he's 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 not like he's not a danger to run no he doesn't run he does not yeah and that doesn't that doesn't bode well for you versus this uga defensive front um Mm -hmm. particularly Mm -hmm. if we are able to shut down their running game without having to bring extra players into the box kind of thing um right it just it just doesn't bode well for for them like there's an ominous you know there's an ominous feeling about this game for the buckeyes which i think is probably part of the reason why like the Buckeyes have been pretty quiet all season long because they're <laughs> they're or, or all all week long. It's yeah. because they're scared as hell uh, about this game. Yeah, and uh, on the flip side, UGA, um, are the UGA fans like I think one of the guys tweeted it out like, "Why am I not monkening? Mm. Or uh, why am I not munsoning right now?" And I'm not munsoning. I'm monkening. Um, <laughs> like I'm like I'm giddy as a schoolgirl, just waiting to see what Stetson can do against these guys. Um, yeah. Because I think it's going to be a big game for him. Um, so yeah, I mean, like why that's changed is like I said, I they haven't really had a whole lot of competition all year long, like by and large. Yes, they've had some ranked wins, but the best team on their schedule, they got absolutely housed at home. Yeah. Um, and I think we can beat Michigan too, for the matter. Um, so that's why I'm not as concerned anymore. And it kind of goes back to like every Every analysis is if we if we keep the ball, you know, and don't turn the ball over, then we win the game. That's that's like period end of story. But for on the flip side of it, like in order for them to beat us, it's like the same analysis every game. In order for you to beat this Georgia team, you have to hope that we turn the ball over and mm-hmm. you win. You win the, the turnover b- battle. Um, you have to hope that you're you play perfect on offense, um, and you have to hope that our defense plays imperfect uh, on their side of the ball you have to basically hope that everything goes wrong for uga in order for you to even be have a chance to win this game right it's like everything has to go wrong for georgia and it has to all go right for you like when you have the ball too right correct correct yeah you have to play a perfect game and we have to play our worst game in order for you to even have a chance to win this and as we've seen from the missouri game you may not win it right right um I'll say like some things I've seen are like people kind of comparing this to the, the Rose bowl, uh, against Oklahoma and like, you know, Georgia hadn't seen an offense like that. And then, you know, like, uh, I totally disagree with that. I agree. I agree. I disagree too, because like in that game, like for one, that was our first ever playoff game. And like, we hadn't seen it. We, I I would agree. We hadn't seen an offense like that. Like this year, I'm not saying they're the same, but like we did play against Tennessee's offense and, and totally shut them down. And then also like, it's not, this isn't Kirby's first rodeo. And it was back then. Right. Like, I don't think the players knew what they were, what they were in for. And I think that this is a much more, even though it's a young team, I still think it's more mature than that team was. Like I've uh, read some things about how those guys didn't take uh, Oklahoma seriously. So I I think that's there. And then also like just knowing what we saw our team do after the long layoff um, between the SEC championship and the CFP semifinal last year, like just think of the defensive improvement that we saw there. Um, And, you know, even that's, this has been even more time for Jalen Carter to rest up. 
Um, and I think we can, I think we can pretty much throw away what LSU did in the second half against the defense. Cause that was the, the entire second half was garbage time, you know? So, um, the other thing is I watched, I mentioned, I think that I watched the year of the dog yesterday, uh, on ESPN and something that happened, it was a key moment in that, uh, that stuck out to me. It was against Alabama and also it was Dan Lanning, but I still think it sticks out was Dan Lanning, like, you know, on the sideline, instructing the, the defensive backs and talking to everyone and saying, we're not giving up the deep ball. And so I, I think that's like, well, you know, that's going to be the thing here too. We've seen this defense do it, do it all year. Like you can get some yards on Georgia, but we're going to really s- squeeze you if you cross the 50, if you get into the red zone and we're keeping you out of the end zone. So I think I'm looking for more of that from the defense. Yeah. I think that, um, that's, that's, that's one of those things that, um, it's it's definitely going to be a bend don't break. So you talk about yeah. let's talk about the UGA defense. So I, I'll, I'll address your Rose Bowl comparison. And anybody out there that thinks that you know, oh, this is like the, the when we played Oklahoma. Number one, I say BS. Number two, I say that that defense was nowhere near as the caliber of this Georgia defense. Yes, you had a future NFL Hall of Famer Roquan Smith Smith playing in that game. Yes, we had like great, great defensive players individually in in the in that game, but there's no like you go up and down like the, the what was it the all was it the all SEC list or something like mm-hmm. that where it was like hardly anybody was on that list. Jalen well, Carter, what Jalen yeah. Carter's not even listed on the PFF, <laughs> the PFF like highest graded defensive players in the in the playoff. Like th- there's no like one guy that's like completely standing out head and shoulders above everyone else. It's literally the entire team. Mm-hmm. Our entire defense is stacked top to bottom. Um, our, our to, to put it in context, like preseason, Keely Ringo was cornerback one. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not cornerback one anymore. It's a true freshman. And like, it's those kinds of things that have kind of, as the season has panned out, like this defense is probably better. And I've, believe we'll probably break the record for Kirby in terms of like number of players that were drafted. Um, a lot of them are going to be coming off of the defense. There's also going to be a lot of offensive players too, but like this defense is absolutely stacked. And we joked like all season long until, you know, we hit a couple of speed bumps with some garbage time games or whatever, like Missouri gave us a, a challenge or whatever, but like, we haven't really worried about any of these games all season long. And we joked about it like preseason was like, even if we're twice as bad as we were last <laughs> season, yeah. we're still only giving up 14 points a game. And for a large swath of the season, we, we, we discussed like this, this is this defense better than last year's. Right. Right. And for a while it was like, yeah, like statistically, <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. I still kind of feel that way about the defense that we are better um, because we just have so many young players that are out there and we are still playing at this level. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, agreed. Agreed. Um, let's see what else. Um, I mean, I, I think you like, one of the key things you mentioned was like the pass rush, right. And getting to shroud. Cause that's other thing. Like that's like the great, the great equalizer, right. It's like, you've got a, a pass happy quarterback like this who's put up Heisman numbers, right. Was a Heisman finalist. Um, and, you know, same thing with hooker. Right. So like, even though, you know, cause this, this team doesn't get a lot of sacks, but they can get pressure and we got pressure on Hendon hooker and it threw off, threw him off of his game. So that's something we really need to do in this one. 
I agree. And you saw a little bit of it in the Michigan game um, as well, mm-hmm. that they were able, they weren't necessarily able to get to him, but they were definitely able to impact, um, impact him yeah. by just getting there earlier than he wanted them to. And, you know, I mean, I think we mentioned Justin Fields earlier, like this offense, what, what Ryan Day's offense asks of the quarterback is not super complicated. Right. Like yeah. if his yeah. first read isn't there, he's probably going to be in trouble. Right. Um, right. The other True. thing that I'd say that we, you know, as far as the defense goes, Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. is the Jalen Hyatt of this team, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of, about him, and it'll be interesting to see, like, what we do as a defense to address that because he is going to get yards. Yes. He's, he's going to be a problem for us, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But do I think that he's going to be enough of a problem to completely change the game? I don't know. Um, it largely, I think, is ultimately going to depend on who he's lined up against and who he's lined up for. Mm-hmm. So even with our linebackers the way that they are and our safeties the way that they are, if he ends up getting like if he ends up getting schemed into plays where he is on a linebacker or we have to switch switch defenders to where he's running with a linebacker or a safety, it's probably going to be a problem for us. Um, Right. So I would that's something to watch out for is how much he's able to impact the game to keep them in it. Um, because I do think that he's going to make plays for sure. Just yeah, I mean, it's, you have to assume that Keely Ringo is going to be lined up with him because frankly, Keely's been lined up with every team's best receiver thus far. Um, I don't understand it, but it seems like that that's the way that things are going to go. Um, and if that's the case, we probably are going to see some drives get extended that probably shouldn't by pass interference or holding or whatever. Mm. Um, and that's just going to be something that we're going to have to swallow. But yeah, I mean, we frankly, we swallowed that all year. Right. I mean, yeah. like that, that's the thing that I would say that is the difference between this defense and, and last year's right is last year's defense. I feel like was like, just like totally smothering you and shutting you out this, this year's defense. Like we're given some yards, but they're empty yards, you know? And I don't, so I, I that's what I, think that's, will happen here right like that, ohio state's gonna put up they're gonna have some numbers they're gonna have some stats gonna have some yards but i don't know if that's necessarily gonna translate to as many points as they'd want you know something you just said reminded me of 100 sanford and something that george, <laughs> george said um in the lsu analysis or whatever um he, he had a comment on one of their episodes that was like this defense is just insane <laughs> like we're we, like, look at LSU. Look at the LSU game. We gave up a billion yards yeah. <laughs> and we still beat their ass. <laughs> uh, that's what that's he said that when he was talking to us. That's when he's like, Oh, he us. did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't remember what it was. Uh, but yeah, he's like, we, they gave up a billion, a billion yards. yards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, um, why don't we take a, a moment to remind everyone that season three of My Got a Podcast is presented by Oxia Time. Uh, so Oxia Time is a custom watch company. And you've got to go check out their 2021 Georgia National Championship watch collection. And you've also got to check out their 2022 college football playoff collection. So they've got a uh, 2022 CFP, uh, which actually is the 2023 logo. That's kind of how uh, officially the CFP handles it. Uh, so for each of the four teams that are participating, uh, so you can go check those out at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E. 
com. And I, I definitely know of at least one listener, uh, maybe may or may not be uh, my dad, Fripp Dog, that got one of those timepieces for Christmas. So shout out to my mom. Uh, I, I know, I know my dad got one of those, um, and he's been texting me about it. Super excited. Um, so I know I'll be wearing mine, uh, on new year's Eve, uh, for the game. Definitely, uh, looking forward to it. It was, it was Panda's famous Christmas gift. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, I like it. Awesome. All right. Let's, uh, do a quick special teams. Um, so on the Ohio State side, uh, just like kind of know who they are kind of deal. Uh, Noah Ruggles is their place kicker. Uh, he was 69 of 70 on the year for extra points uh, and 15 of 17 on the year for field goals. And then their punter is Jesse Mirko. Uh, he's second in the Big Ten in punting average at 46.45.6 yards, uh, seventh in the Big Ten in net punting at 41.5 yards. Um which, uh, you know, I was mentioning, I think last time that like Thorson wasn't listed on ESPN in the rankings because he didn't put enough. He finally got in there. I think he was he ended up like fourth in the SEC, by the way, um, on our end. Poor guy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so the only other thing I was going to add on the special team side, and I got this from when I was reading that Schleba article was something Kirby had said years ago about um, uh, one of the, the Kirby's last game as Bama's defensive coordinator, coordinator uh, in a championship game against Clemson made me think about this around like mm-hmm. if this if we end up in some kind of back and forth that game I'm not saying we will but if we do I wouldn't be shocked if Kirby tries to steal a possession somewhere is, is some way so just if we, if that happens I wouldn't be shocked so that's all I got especially mm. I don't uh if if that happens in this game I will be very surprised fair fair all right you ready for the listener questions let's hit them up all right uh let's see First up, the one you were referencing, our buddy, Will Kaplan, which, by the way, I tried to meet up with Will. I was in D.C. a few weeks ago, and our schedules did not line up. So apologies, Will. Hate that 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 didn't work out, Uh, but we'll we'll get that working at some point. So Will asked, why am I not Munsoning? I'm confused. Yes. (laughs) So so I think think you hit it. I'm going to say because, you know, like you've realized, like, what is the point? What's the point of Munsoning? Uh, It's not going to get you anything. and we've talked about the matchups and kind of what, what we're looking at here. And I don't know. I think, you know, you said it a while ago, John, that Munsoning is dead. We don't, we don't need to be Munsoning anymore in Kirby. We trust. Yeah. In Kirby, we trust is kind of my, is kind of my, my approach. And it's just, I mean, we're, we're in a new era. Like I said, we were favored by 20 points in nine games this season. Yeah. Like that would be enough for, <laughs> that would be enough to be in a substantial bowl game. If, if, you know, or, you know, that'd be like on your way to the, the 10 win, the 10 win season that Mark Rick had, like, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you in those Mark Rick years, we were not favored by 20 points. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, we're literally living the good life right now yeah. and we're in the good times and I am thoroughly enjoying it. And I, you should too. Agreed. Uh, let's see. Benjamin. Uh, wait, sorry. I skipped John Michael D. Uh, currently I feel confident about the score, which makes me want to Munson about the fact that I'm not Munsoning, Munsoning, but I will not Agreed, John. Then he said in honor of the game's namesake, uh, Chick-fil-A peach milkshake or a varsity's FO. What do you got, John? What's your favorite? Oof, man, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the peach, the peach milkshake, right? It's a tough one for me because like on volume, I've definitely had more FOs in my lifetime, but they've existed for so much longer. <laughs> they've been around. The peach milkshake is pretty new. I do love a peach milkshake. Uh, 
I actually, I probably would go peach milkshake if I if I had to choose between one of the two. But I do love a good FO. Like I have it whenever I go to the varsity, I get two chili dogs, fries, and a frosted orange. Like that's what I, that's my order. Ah, oh, nice. I usually do a chili dog, a cheeseburger, and uh, and an FO. Except no, I onion, will say onion, onion rings. I will say in case anyone through like through their podcast player of choice across the room, I don't say chili dog when I order it. I do just say dog. But I was just saying that to be clear. But my order, I say two dogs, fries, and FO. Because if you say dog, it's a chili dog. At any rate. Ah. Yeah, you don't Ooh, need to slaw, say chili. I forgot. I forgot. You got to do a slaw dog. No, oh, you do a slaw dog. Okay. Yeah. I, I, do, I, just like, do, I do like the slaw dog. I do like the onion rings, but I usually order fries. I do. Yeah. Two dogs fries. Yeah. Okay. So my, my only, my only gripe with the fries at, at the varsity, mm. and this is going to, this is going to enrage some folks. And maybe it could be as fierce a debate as like a Christmas story and Christmas vacation. But I would say that um, the fries at the varsity are underwhelming. Yeah. They're not my favorite fries. They're not. I'm just not. I'm not as huge of an onion ring, yeah, onion ring person, just in general. Um, mm. But yeah, they don't. There are better fries out there than the varsity. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that. They're super floppy and greasy. Also, not to get on that train again, but to be clear, I'm not saying that I don't like Christmas Vacation. I, 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 it is an excellent <laughs> movie. <laughs> My stance is just that the Christmas Story <laughs> is not terrible. That's all I'm arguing. Let's see these people like you know, the Christmas Story is a terrible movie. Like, come on, if you're a terrible movie, you're not on TBS. It could be as fierce a debate as a Christmas story is not in the top five (laughs) Christmas movies. (laughs) (laughs) On advice, upon advice of counsel. Oh my gosh. Okay. I must state publicly. (laughs) Again, this is why we didn't record last week because it would have been in the entire episode. (laughs) (laughs) We should do we should do we should do an episode or talk about like the the obscure Christmas movies that no one really talks about that are that are great. Like I think John mentioned. John mentioned uh, what was the Christmas movie that he was the talking one that about? I just oh, watched, Jingle All the Way, Jingle All the Way. Ah, see, I'm not as big on that one, but yeah, I'm uh, I, I saw the one um, uh, the night before, which is like a newer movie, but like the night before is a fantastic Christmas movie for adults. Um, we just saw like, Four Christmases. I saw Scrooge. Scrooge was one that popped oh, Scrooge up. is a great movie. I, I hadn't I hadn't seen that one. I need to watch it. You, I mean, you've I never seen? seen? I haven't okay, seen it recently. this year. Yeah, okay. Like I haven't seen it this year. Have you seen Spirited? The new one with Will Ferrell and uh, okay, so I got a bone to pick with this one. Um, <laughs> I had uh, God, we're off the rails completely now at this point. Just, just, just to get I it had, quickly. I had high hopes. I had high hopes for this movie. It completely oh, underwhelmed. Uh, you wanted, don't like you don't like musicals. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have. I wanted that. to fall. Asleep. I forgot. Okay, okay, we can move on. You don't like musicals. <laughs> uh, I will say we just watched Four Christmases. I had never seen that. That was actually pretty good. Um, the Family Man. Highly recommend the family. Oh man. yes, the family man was a fantastic, movie. great, great movie. Ella was like Ella is emotional like me, and Ella was like uncontrollably crying at the end of that movie. Great movie, great movie. I, is that, I really, is that a really like that is one. that a free one? Is that a free one? Uh, no, it's not streaming anywhere right now. You have to like rent it uh, <sighs> unless you record it off TV or something. So. I need to. I think I actually have it on DVD. I think I mentioned that. Um, That's a good one. That's a good one. I I really like that one. I need to watch. I need to watch that with my teenager. Yes, agreed. All right, we'll we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, we had to go off the rails at least once. Uh, <laughs> Benjamin asked, uh, "Is it okay to watch the game by yourself if your wife wants to go watch it with a group of neighbors down the street as part of a New Year's Eve celebration? I prefer to watch by myself and pace around the living room, yelling and screaming at the television." I'm in the same uh, predicament here. Um, we we're continuing to discuss as a family, like what are we doing for New Year's Eve? Because we've been invited to a neighbor's New Year's Eve party. This is where I will just say, I hate that these games are on New Year's Eve. It was idiotic 
by the college football playoff to do this in the first place, trying to make New Year's Eve bowl games be a thing. And we've got these games kicking off at eight o'clock heading into the New Year's Eve is just, it's dumb. I, I hate it. So I would say, Benjamin, I, if you're asking me, I think it's fine. Just let's just make sure it's okay with your wife. Uh, that's, I would say, ask her. <laughs> yeah. I, but I understand the sentiment because I, I feel largely the same way. Uh, but her opinion is much more important than ours. <laughs> if your wife is as understanding as, as my wife is. And so here's the clarifying statement that I would say on that. If you feel that you are going to be uncomfortable watching it the way that you would want to watch it in front of your neighbors, or if you are going into what I would refer to as an unsafe environment, uh, which would be like I did. I had this exact dilemma for the Florida game. We had a fall festival party that we were going to, and I knew that there are guys there that if things weren't going right would make it miserable for me um, just because that's... (laughs) <laughs> that's just how they operate. They're not Georgia fans. They're not right. Florida fans. They just yeah. want to stir the pot, right? Yeah. So if you have those types of people, more importantly, if there's Ohio State people that are, you know, going to give you a hard time if things aren't going right, like it should be fine, but right. But like if you're going to be in an unsafe environment, I would say that I would just stay home, which is what I did for the Florida game. And I thought I was safe and ended up going into that environment. <laughs> and it was like still a little bit unsafe. <laughs> right. Well, and that's, you know, if you'll recall, John, that's what I did for the LSU game, right? Because my there was a birthday party for a buddy of mine, uh, but he's the LSU fan. And so I just, my mind is more about being cognizant of my own behavior at someone else's house when they're a fan of the team that we're playing. That was my bigger concern there. Mm. This one for me for New Year's, like this guy is like, I mean, he enjoys college football, but he's not a huge college football fan. But there's a chance that there might be a, one of our friends who is an Ohio State fan might be mm. there. Uh, so I don't know. We're probably going to watch at home. Um, so I, I get it. I get it. It's a, it's a tough thing. I, and I, I blame the college football playoff in general. These games should not be on New Year's Eve. I think it's dumb, but I wouldn't anyway. blame, I wouldn't blame the college football playoff. I would blame the peach bowl actually. Cause historically the peach bowl has always been on New Year's Eve. Yeah. But that doesn't, that's not the deal here though. This is because of the playoff. The, the playoff decides everything now. So and they, when they, when the playoff was formed, they announced that New Year's Eve was going to be taken over by college football for a new tradition. It's so stupid. So uh, I really yeah. agree that's stupid because the Peach Bowl being like, because I think the is it historically the Peach Bowl been like it's the gone only back and game? forth. It's gone back and forth, game. but it has been on New Year's Eve for sure. Like my freshman year, that's what I did. I mean, you know, but I was in college and like who cares? Like, uh, you know, but yeah, that's what I did for New Year's Eve my freshman year. Ninety eight Peach Bowl when we beat Virginia. Yeah, I I feel like that there was a tradition like. There's a, there's there are SEC fans that I know that I grew up with that they would that was like their thing like they would go to mm-hmm. the Peach Bowl on New Year's Eve right even if their team wasn't playing it right 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 yep. and it was like always a sellout and basically the game and I also think it started earlier if I remember correctly yeah like I, well I will say like that ninety eight game I'm talking about like. I remember the game ended, we left and I still made it over to like a friend's house for a new year's exactly. Eve party. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think the games, the games were earlier. And so if they were earlier, then it would still, it would, it would, it would check all the boxes. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I was hoping that this would be the four o'clock game, but I guess that was, uh, that was wishful thinking on my part. Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got, uh, a good handle name, uh, at mustache strider. Uh, name Spencer Strider, Spencer Strider's mustache blanket. Uh, did we switch and get a real football team or is it still Ohio state? It is still Ohio state. I will say this. I actually think that this is like, I think we said this before. Like, I feel like, uh, 
as the number one seed, we kind of got hosed. I actually think Ohio State is the toughest matchup of the other three teams in the field. Um, so, yeah, that, that, kind of my opinion. Mileage may vary on that, but yeah. Um, I just liked I, I liked his Twitter handle though. It was excellent. Let's see. <laughs> it's, it's a good one. Uh, Zach SC Dog eight six four favorite matchup in this game, and he said that his is the trenches and the physicality. So I I would agree. I mean, we talked about that earlier, right? Around like um, our defensive line and, and ability to, to get pressure. Um, I think our offensive line, even if McClendon can't go, I still like that matchup. Um, you know, and what's interesting too, like last year, like I keep looking back to the Orange Bowl. You know, it was the last time we played a Big Ten team against Michigan, and like you know, Michigan had like Aiden Hutchinson coming in, like with all this hype, and like Ohio State doesn't have a defensive lineman of that ilk, right, or with that kind of notoriety coming into this game. So, really interested to see that. So that that I, I would agree. I mean, that's those are the matchups. I mean, that's kind of Georgia football, right? Comes down to the trenches, and so I, I think we've got an advantage there as well. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think that um, the matchup, I guess the the matchup that will probably have the most impact on this game is going to be Jalen Carter versus Ohio State. Okay, <laughs> just for like yeah. their whole like their whole offense. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter versus their offensive line. I guess more explicitly, but yeah, like yeah. if if Jalen Carter is able to disrupt their offensive line by himself, it's going to be a long day. I like it. All right, I like this question. Uh, next one, fifty-one to seven GTA. Uh, who do you think Michigan is pulling for, Georgia or Ohio or Ohio State? And he adds, most would think they don't want to play Ohio State again, but after that physical beatdown they got last year in Miami, I'm thinking most Big Blue fans are hoping to play Ohio State if they get past TCU. Uh, you mentioned your Michigan buddy before. I don't know if yes, it, has I, he I given pulled... this away at all. I pulled I pulled my Michigan friend for uh, this answer, and I said, "Who do you guys want to play?" Because mm-hmm. historically, like having to beat a team twice in a season is is hard, as right. Alabama fans will attest. Um, the The answer that I got was a little surprising, um, especially given how things went last year. But um, the Michigan people really want a rematch between uh, with Georgia. They want to yeah. avenge last season's lost loss um, and. I find that a little funny because like they literally beat the pants off of Ohio state and by and large, they should expect to be able to do that again, even on a, on a neutral field. Cause they beat the pants off them at home mm-hmm. uh, right. or at, at, at Ohio, Ohio state. state. Yeah. Right. Um, so on a neutral field, you would expect that to be, you know, as good or worse. Right. Yeah. Um, so for them to say that they want Georgia after Georgia laid the biggest whoop whooping on their, on them. And, the way that Georgia's been playing and the fact that we still like they haven't closed the gap in any talent regards. Um, if anything, they're worse off because they're down like one of their better players, right? Mm-hmm. Their quarterback is a true freshman, I believe, which just does not match up well. So I guess I'm I'm Michigan tipping my no, he's a sophomore. He played in the game against us last year. Uh, he, he just didn't he didn't look good against Ohio State. I'll say that. Even though they beat the crap out of Ohio State, he didn't look good. I'll say this. I, I will say I'm I'm proud of your friend for giving that answer. I think that's a good answer from a fan's perspective. Uh, right. that's kind of how I think as a fan. Um, so I like that answer. And that's why I some I can't remember who it was. Someone like responded to 51 GATA right away and it was like, oh, hands down 100 percent they want Ohio State. And I was like, I don't I, I didn't even say this, but I don't think it's that clear cut. Like I, I think there's probably like if you're asking the Michigan football team, like the players, well, first off, they wouldn't answer that. But like if they, you know, if they had to answer truthfully, they'd probably say 
Ohio State or like maybe the coaches feel like they match up better with Ohio State. So maybe they would say Ohio State, like if they had to tell the truth. Um, but I, I think from the fans' perspective, I think that makes sense. I think that's a good answer. So that that's kind of I'm I'm that's kind of what I was thinking. So I'm actually glad to hear that your friend said that. I think that's cool. I would also add that there's probably a dynamic of like alumni versus non-alumni answers here. So he's mm-hmm. a non he's not an alumni of Michigan, but he is you know from from that area and from gotcha i can't remember where he went to school uh where did he go to school he played soccer somewhere i can't remember um but anyway um yeah he 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 was voting for he was voting for georgia got it all right next up fletcher proctor georgia always seems to play tight games slash thrillers in the peach bowl uh cincinnati virginia tech uh, virginia twice syracuse and maryland uh we seem to own the second half of these games but could we not give me a heart attack on new year's eve and please also dominate the first half please hashtag go dogs i'm just going to point back to the way we what we did in the first half against michigan uh last year the way we rolled off we never punted we scored every possession um except i think we we basically like we ran the clock out at the end of the first half um you know the the half ended with us with the ball so uh after a long layoff i'm expecting us to come out firing so that's my take i'm expecting us to come out and not punt very much yeah i there's certainly that possibility you know stetson looked hungover when he was coming in to the into the game this week <laughs> as, <laughs> as if you were peruse my twitter like he, the, the the team put out a picture and he looked like like he had a uh what do you call it five o'clock shadow or whatever <laughs> um anyway uh yeah i i'd say that they still look dialed in though <laughs> yeah yeah agreed all right let's see uh chad jarvis uh will stetson ball out and show why he should have won the heisman i think we already talked about that um we think yes and he said also will my got a podcast be making appearance so we didn't talk about that i definitely will not um, we're, I'm going to be at home in North Carolina. We didn't get tickets. Um, John, I know it's kind of up in the air for you, but what, what's your status? At this point, I would say that the sources are going to have to be extreme for me to attend this, at this point in time. Okay. I've been watching the prices. I was thinking about, you know, I've talked to Carter about this, but um, I was looking to see if I could sneak in a uh, a last minute, you know, Christmas present and mm. take him to the game. But yeah. the prices just are not are not cooperating. I had right. hope like earlier this week, I think it got down to like, like three nineteen was the total get in price on, on the app that I use, mm-hmm. um, which was, which was nice. Um, but they've have since gone back up to like 400, $500 a piece, which is just not, a, a not a good thing for me. Got it. All right. Uh, let's see. Friend of the show, the original friend of the show, Tim Riley, uh, at T Riley dog on Twitter. It's 1145 PM. Ball drop is happening soon. The final score of the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl is 44 to 40. What fan base is buying tickets to LAX? Well, I still I still think it's Georgia, even if it's gonna, even if that's the score. I'm gonna tip my hand based on the tailgate thread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've already bought tickets to LAX. <laughs> <laughs> and many of them have bought tickets to wherever the heck Orange County's airport is. <laughs> right, right, right. But the point being. If the final score is 44 to 40, who who won the game? Yeah, Georgia, for I sure. Think so. I think so, too. I think so, too. Uh, I don't see us giving up 44. <laughs> At any rate. I don't see uh, us giving up 40. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I don't either. Um, all right, Hug Dog. Hug, Jason Huggins has has hit us with another round of Would You Rather. Uh, would you rather blow out Ohio State or win a tight game? Are we going to answer these as we go? Yeah. 
Okay, uh, a hands down blowout of Ohio State. Agree. I want none of the. I would, <laughs> none of the I would be happy. I would be happy to win a hundred to nothing. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Um, let's see. Would you rather have Stetson throw for three hundred plus or the running back core run for one fifty plus? Stetson throw for three hundred plus. I agree. Sure. Even even as the one run the damn ball guy, I still I want to see Stetson. Um, I still think that there could be room for us to run for one hundred fifty for what's it, what it's worth. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, would you rather catch a parachuting Chick Fil A cow or find a BR guest card in your seat at Mercedes Benz Stadium? I was curious about what this meant. So the Chick Fil A cows do they aren't they carrying a BR guest card? I don't know. I don't know how it's working. I thought that that's what they were. Uh, I mean, assuming it's just a cow, which I I could have sworn that like they they carried like a gift a gift card or whatever in them. Okay, but I guess uh, be our guest card. So I, I will give you some inside baseball on this. Um, most of the Chick Fil A employees have the what they call BOG cards or whatever. Um, the be our guest card. They th- if they hand them out to you, then that's like a you've done something good. Mm-hmm. So I would. If if I got a BR guest card, I would say that I've done something good. So that means that an employee at Chick Fil A deemed mm. me wor- deemed me worthy of a free chicken sandwich. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll take the parachuting cow. Uh, I, I rather like them. I will say in that ninety eight Peach Bowl that I mentioned earlier, the way I remember it, I think like there was a cow sitting on our seat. Like we didn't have to catch one. Like, like everyone got one. And like every time either team scored, like everyone not every, not me because I wanted to keep my cow. Uh, many, <laughs> many people were just like throwing the cows up in the air. And so it was hilarious. It was like, every time there was a score, there was just cows everywhere. Like some were going to the field. Some were just going like from one person <laughs> to another. And like, I remember like my sister had gone with her friend, Beth, <laughs> her friend was like, everyone, why is everyone killing the cows? Like they're sacrificing the cows. Cause cows are like falling from the upper deck to the lower level and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> anyways, I, I, what I'm not sure of is, do I still have my cow? Uh, I'm not sure to go see this. Again. That, that would surprise me if you didn't have something. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. I'll go look for it. <laughs> it's um, probably, it's probably under the stack of red and blacks from your freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got me. You got, got him. Me. You, you know me too well. You know me too well. Um, all right, let's see. Last one. Uh, would you rather listen to Chris and Kirk or Scott and Eric call the game? I'd rather listen to Scott and Eric, uh, but I probably won't um, because I don't like that. Like even with the hometown broadcast, what I don't like about the hometown broadcast is like the the game doesn't take up the entire screen. And they've got this like picture in picture of Kirby the entire game and then a bunch of stats on the side. Like if I could have my entire screen like if the hometown broadcast was the regular broadcast, but with Scott Howard and Eric Zier overlaid over it, I would I would do that. Um, so I would say I would rather listen to them, but I'm not going to. I'll probably just listen to. I'll probably just watch the regular broadcast. Oh, so you're thinking that he's talking about like listen to that the ESPN hometown version? Well, I think he's he's probably just in general. I I probably went above and beyond maybe what what Jason asked. <laughs> so I would rather listen to Scott and Eric, but I'm just saying I'm not going to because of that. Yeah, for sure. I would much rather listen to Scott and Eric. Although Chris Fowler is is pretty good. Oh yeah. I like I mean I like I like I hate Kirk. I hate Kirk Herbstreet, but I like Chris Fowler. All right. A fun fact that I missed and that uh that I forgot to mention earlier. Did you know that there is a tight end on Ohio State's roster named Zach Herbstreet? You're calling the game and your kids on the team? Kind of weird. Anyways. <laughs> You're calling the game and you're an alumni and your kids on the team and you're a donor of the university. 
let's never forget uh will muschamp made fun of kirk herbstreet uh and kirk herbstreet's last collegiate pass was an interception to the university of georgia Love by it. mike jones so take that herbstreet uh Suck it. And then Jason just ended with cheers to 2023 fellas. So cheers to you, Jason. Uh, thank you for your friendship. Your, your welcoming uh, of us and hosting us at, at some games uh, this year was a, was a blast to, to get to meet you and your family. So cheers. Cheers. In, in, indeed. All right. You know what time it is now, John. Oh, my God. Oh my God, a freshman. Put glasses on. It is time for Coach Chill Bills over unders. Uh, John, as the person in the lead, you get to decide would you like to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, as the leader here, I'm go- I will go first. Okay. Uh, over under, or starting with the offense, over under 250 passing yards for Georgia. Over. Agree. Over. Uh, over under 175 rushing yards for Georgia. And I'm going to say over. I'm going to say under. Okay. Uh, UGA first half points over under 20.5. 20.5. Hmm. This is a good number. I think that is a good number. I had to think a lot. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go under. Okay. I'm going to go over. I actually had it as under initially. And then I changed it at one point. Oh, you changed it. I didn't change it just now. I changed it earlier in the day before we started recording. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, that's funny. Let's see. Uh, uh, Okay. So my turn. Okay. Switching to the defense. Uh, Over under 275 passing yards for Ohio State. Uh, And I'm going to say over, actually. I'm going to also say over. Okay. Uh, Over under three and a half total touchdowns for Ohio State. Total touchdowns. Okay. Um, is it my turn? Am yeah. I, am I up? Uh, um, yes. Yeah. I will say under. Okay. I'm going to agree with you. Under. Yeah. Um, okay. Over under 16 and a half first half points for Ohio State. And I'm going to say under. Under for sure. Okay. Um, let's see. Special teams. Uh, over under two and a half jackpot made field goals. Over. Okay, I'm going to say under, actually. Um, and then last one, uh, the miscellaneous Georgia fans take over the bends over under 65%. I'm going to say over. I think it's going to be highly uh, Georgia fans in our backyard. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm going to take the over on that one. Especially considering the whole, like, uh, what, like, um, like Falcon season ticket holders or whatever. What is it? The personal, what's it called? Personal seat license the or personal whatever. personal seat licenses, like, yeah. Yeah, like uh they get to buy tickets to this game that's why the tickets are so uh like non-abundant for this game it's kind of a it's interesting it was easier to get national championship tickets uh through the school than it was for this game this game like set like a record i think for like most donations uh needed to for a georgia game like ever (laughs) that's pretty crazy so Mm, wow so all right well coach thank you as always for sitting into questions uh appreciate you and uh, thank you for tracking these for us all season. It's been uh, it's added a new element to it, John. I would say, and it's uh, it's been fun. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree. All right, uh, let's get into the final score predictions. Um, so this stuff is interesting. I don't know how much you've looked at this, John. Um, but just looking at our normal things that we look at. So uh, looking at the CBC R two Sam, our guys at Chapelville Curve and Dog Quant, their projection has Georgia winning twenty eight to 24.8 um that's their what their model has uh the latest um 
The line is sitting at Georgia minus six and a half. It's been pretty city uh, there. Uh, the over under is at 62 and a half. Last I checked, um, that gives you an implied score of Georgia 34.5 to Ohio State 28. Uh, what's really interesting to me is we always look at Odd Shark. They've, they're predicting an Ohio State win. Um, they have Ohio State 41.8 to Georgia 39.6. So that'd be a loss, Ohio State cover, obviously, and then hitting the over. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. I don't, I don't know that they predicted us uh, to lose a game here in a while. Um, if you look at the scoring impact um, that I mentioned earlier, right? And so to recap that, um, Georgia's offense, we are uh, we have like a positive 11. We, we're scoring 11.37 more points against our power four, four, power five opponents than they tend to allow. And our defense is holding our opponents to 14.14 points fewer than what they score against the power five. So if you just add, add those numbers to Ohio state's averages, uh, that would give a a final score of Georgia 31.17 to Ohio state 27.06. So that would have us winning there. Um, It's crazy. It's crazy. that odd shark has that predicted score. Um, Yeah. I thought so too. Is that unique? Uh, I guess I didn't see that before. It is. I, I checked, like, if you look at, like, the ESPN matchup, uh, they've got, they're, they're predicting Georgia. Um, so, yeah, I'm not they sure. Don't, they, don't have like a, they don't have a score, though, right? They don't have, like, a predicted score. They don't. They just have the uh, matchup predictor. They've got Georgia right. at a 57.6 chance, 57.6% chance of winning. So, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. Um, what was the CBC? What was the CBC number? 28 to 24. 28 to 25, something like that. Georgia winning by about a field goal. 28, 25. So a close game. Yeah. They've got a lot of close games. Um, I almost went with just, I'll I'll, I'll quickly tell you my, my logic. Uh, I almost just went straight up with the scoring impact. I was going to say 31 to 27 is what I was going to predict. But then I went and watched some Ohio state clips and footage. And I just don't think they're, defense can uh handle our offense honestly um so i'm gonna go georgia 38 ohio state 27 mm, 38 27 okay um that's crazy because that's like really close to what i was gonna say <laughs> shockingly um agree. yeah that's really close um because i was i was also looking at that as well so what is so that's what's the over under 62 and a half 62 and a half um, that would put it at yeah still close because i was gonna flub it to i was gonna flub the over because that because the that if you were to take the the scoring impact the oh that's the total there is like 58 so i was gonna take that difference and just flub it to uga side mm-hmm. which would put it at like 34 27 something like that okay yeah i mean um, i think that's that's fair but um Hmm. I'm like thinking, I'm like thinking too much, too much about this. You say that I uh, overthink things. Yeah. 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 Well, no, <laughs> this is, this is, this is important stuff because like, you know, I've got, I've got the over under championship title belt on the, on, on the line here. That's okay. No, this doesn't even go into coach. This doesn't even factor into coaches over unders. You're fine. Yeah. 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 This is just for uh, fun. I, I, I like, I like that 38, 20, I don't know. 27 seems like a lot. Hmm. I'm going to go let's see. I'm gonna go thirty. I'm gonna go thirty-eight to twenty-one. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I think. I think. Um. 
Hey, I mean, this is the best team we've played. I mean, I don't think there's any, you know, I don't think you can dance around that. I mean, in my opinion, I think this is the best team we played, but I don't think they've played anyone on our level, even, even Michigan. So, um, for what it's worth. So yeah, it should be a fun I, one. It should be a fun one, man. I mean, like I said, I think they're going to have some yards, but I think they're going to be empty yards. So yeah, seriously, man. I mean, like they, they've just, they've just, I mean, th- th- I think, uh, dog stats posted, uh, about this, like the, their last two games have been their worst games all season long. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. Like there's the, there are like irrational, like, um, storyline type things that I can come up with. But when I just, what I've, from what I've seen from them and not even like just the Michigan game, like, I, you know, I've watched them if they're on, um, like they had a, like they, they've kind of like poured it on late, but after some slow starts, and I don't really think that there's the opportunity to do that with us. So cool, man. Um, I guess, uh, what do you think about the other, uh, semifinal? So you got, uh, Michigan and TCU was the early game in the Fiesta Bowl, uh, Saturday. Uh, I think it's like four o'clock. Um, Michigan's Michigan's only, they're favored by seven and a half. So only one more point, uh, than us over Ohio state. I thought that was interesting. Um, who you got in that one? So that one's going to be interesting because I would say that like my natural tendency would be to like favor the running quarterback in that game. Mm. Um, which would fall nicely to Dugan there because there were times in the Ohio State game with Michigan that like they were able to get to CJ Stroud only because he couldn't run out. And like there were multiple times in that game where had he been a mobile quarterback, he would have mm. been able to punish them. So I actually think that TCU is gonna have is gonna give them a really tough game. So I actually think TCU is gonna win that game. Sorry, Brian. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. Like I think I'll, I'm going to take Michigan, but I wouldn't be shocked by by TCU winning. Interesting. Yeah, be a nice fun. Saturday. I think th- I think it would be nice to just uh, dunk on the Big Ten for multiple multiple <laughs> games. But <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like 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 just drop your nuts on the entirety of the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and again, right? Like Ohio State, like like I, I said, they're the only they're the only one in this playoff that that didn't participate in their conference championship game. And I mean, like you know, you've got uh, them and Alabama are the only team to ever do that, and they've both done it uh, multiple times. You know, to to not make it to the championship game and and get in. So whatever. Like I, I've seen some people like this, like Ohio against the world, Ohio State against the world. It's like whatever. Like you guys totally get every benefit of the doubt, like, like all the time. So you know, in the COVID year, they made it in with playing way less games than everyone. So it's like whatever. So yeah, man, I I w- would love to to shut up uh, the Ohio State University. So it's going to be the New Year's Eve party that's going to suck for them. Nice. So are you, what are you guys doing? Are you just going to watch at home most likely? So let's say, let's say you don't go to the game. You, you're going to do like a home thing. Or are you guys going to go out for something? Uh, I think we're, I think we're going to, uh, to be perfectly transparent. We have not discussed it. Okay. Um, there's no parties or anything, neighborhood parties that I'm aware of, but um, it's been such a whirlwind for us. Like we had, we hosted Christmas, you know, we hosted Thanksgiving. We, we hosted my, my sister came in town, uh, came to, came to the house all day yesterday. Um, so we're kind of we're kind of wiped, man. I'm not gonna lie, Christmas was Christmas yeah. was brutal. You kind of need a vacation from your vacation. Kids, <laughs> I've yeah, got four seriously. four kids running around here. So like, my wife and I have talked about going to um, there's a there's a restaurant here locally called Hamp and Harry's. They they have like this whole like 
Christmas pop-up kind of thing mm-hmm. where they have like Christmas lights all over the bar and all this kind of stuff. And so we've talked about going, I don't know that we're going to go on Christmas or on New Year's Eve, but we may do that earlier in the week and just kind of watch the game at home. That's kind of my thought. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nice. Plus we went on, we went out of town last week. So yeah. Yeah. We have anything. We always, my wife will definitely be asleep before midnight. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, camels, camels stay up for the game. She'll watch, so she'll watch the game. Our our kids will be like, they're probably gonna hole up in like another room so they can watch whatever you know the ball type stuff, the New Year's Eve type shows, Ryan Seacrest or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think we'll probably end up at home. We'll see. We'll see. There's an outside chance to go to a neighbor's house, but right now it seems like we're kind of leaning towards staying home. So. Cool man. Good times. Well, over over uh over a week. Uh good to get caught up and all the going is on over over Christmas and uh not debate about movies too much. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. All all in good jest. Yeah. <laughs> but most of the time it was most of the time it was just because I know that it bothers you. <laughs> uh all good. All good. <laughs> Oh, good. I, well, I don't think that I. I don't think that I ever used the term terrible. I think I feel like that somewhere along the line things got <laughs> twisted. Right. And I, I agree. think that like my my wife saying that that movie was terrible. I think it was what really set you off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, hey man, like you said, we are uh, like these are not exact words, but like the these are the good old these are the good old days enjoy this and i know i'm gonna enjoy it enjoy it saturday night so amen yeah we'll, we'll we'll tee it up and uh i think we got another game coming so let's just enjoy the rest of the season go dogs go dogs <laughs>